Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Thank you, Anderson. I am Chris Cuomo, and welcome to Prime Time. Tonight, we're going to really get after what matters here. This emergency declaration that just went down in the Senate. Some Republicans passed the loyalty test, but others finally showed that principle still has a place in their party and that this emergency declaration is the wrong way to build barriers. This was the biggest of three votes in the last two days where Republicans broke ranks with the president. Is this party actually taking power back from the president? We have the president's counselor and best defender here to make his case. And breaking new information on that doomed Boeing jet. A chilling, detailed account of the final minutes. What the pilots reportedly said when they knew something was very wrong. And a timeline between the two flights that tells us a lot. What do you say? Let's get after it. All right, so for a president who demands loyalty, he isn't getting much of what he wants on Capitol Hill the last few days. First, there was this stinging rebuke to foreign policy as Republicans joined Democrats in condemning the support for Saudis in Yemen. Then in the House, another big blow. Not one Republican voted against the full release of the Mueller report. They overwhelmingly want you to know the findings of the probe. And now the emergency declaration goes down. So how is this sitting with the president? Or or another angle for us on this as well, which is whether or not this party is going to confront power in this president. We heard something here last night. Do you remember what the RNC chair said to me? I'm going to play it for everybody I talked to tonight because I think it kind of went back, one of those things that went through too fast for you to grab it in the moment. And we're going to play it now with the White House counselor, Kellyanne Conway, because I think it really spoke volumes about where that party sees itself. And it's a place it's never been. Kellyanne Conway, thank you for joining us on Primetime. Good evening, Christopher. All right, let's deal with what should be easy. Uh, This Breitbart interview and the president, uh, the comments that he made about who supports him and what could happen. Even if egged on, even if in the context of the left is very tough on you, the left does a lot of violent things, even if that was the context for the reply, are you open to saying he should not have said what he said? You're just reading into it like you usually do. You have to read the entire interview. He was talking about how peaceful and gentle many people are who are otherwise tough. He's got the military, the veterans, the bikers. Et cetera. And then he was commending the Democrats for always sticking together. And isn't he right about that? They agree on infanticide. They agree on socialism. Somehow they disagree on anti-Semitism, which is odd. But then he is going on to say how they go and investigate. They don't like the result of 2016. They go and investigate it. They don't like something else. They go and investigate it. Then what if the, what if the Republicans turned around and did that? What if what if some of his supporters is, turned around and do that? That is you know, not, it's not even Max, excuse a me, it's Maxine. Oh no no, context. let's let's review the facts here. 
Excuse me. Let's review the facts here. It's Maxine Waters, who's now chairman of the Committee in the House. So oh, no, 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 you let me finish. This, who crazily, who crazily told people, who crazily told people, go get up in their faces. If you see somebody in the Trump cabinet, so you, really, you, you see really an official, tell them they're not welcome here. Excuse I thought you me. were going tell to say, yeah, you should you pick his words that. more carefully. You, you really, you're really you going go to defend, defend it? No, you know what? Here's what you should pick. Here's what you should pick. You should pick better things to cover respectfully. It's your show, but Listen, you invite me on. I work on policy at the White House. There's I a want to talk to you about the emergency about. declaration. I thought emergency this would be easy. I thought this would be easy for you. Yeah. You say, look, easy. the president you shouldn't have said that the military and hey, Chris, bikers and cops may get violent in his defense. Yeah, I don't. I, I he think didn't that, say that. He said exactly that. Where did he that. say that? He said exactly Whoa. that. I'll put the quote. Where up. did he say that? Right here. I have the support I of the police. The the support. You know that. I'll read it. Into a blank screen. I'll read it. I can tell you I have the support AC of the just police. just did like 20 minutes on it, but go ahead. Well, because it matters, Kellyanne. You can't have a president that threatens if things don't no. go the way he likes, people could get hurt. Okay? I know he likes to say it about the media. And you know what? It changes violence. people's lives. It's Maxine Waters who did that. It's, not it's Max. Maxine Listen, Waters who actually Maxine did this. Waters Joe Biden said, the I'd like president, to take him behind the building and punch him. And she for what she said. And she got called out for what she really? said. Because Joe Biden was the vice president. Called out? Guess what? Some crazy lunatic lady did exactly right. what Maxine Waters said to do, did to me in a All restaurant right. in Maryland. And you you know what? It is crazy that you would defend that, that you would just I'm not defending anything. I'm asking you about this, but you know what? quotes from Maxine up. Waters. And you have an actual quote from Joe Biden, the vice president of the United States, up. who said he, of Donald Trump, I give he'd up. like to take him behind a building and punch I, him. Yeah, I that's, give up. That's and, violence. and you know what? It was, ju- it was juvenile. It was stupid. And it was beneath the dignity of somebody who wants to be president. You'll He's never say anything like that. Democratic and Party. you know what? I, and look at who you won't even let anybody else run in the Republican Party. And you've got a president who has threatened more people about? in more ways than we've ever seen. Well, I had the RNC chair on last night and now she made a point people in more that ways. I should have listened to. This economy is booming. All right. He's helped well, more hold people on. We'll, we'll in, get to that when you ways. want to defend the declaration. Booming. I know you don't like to cover the economy. I, I cover it all the time. I cover it all the time. The I'm not reading into words. No, he said don't. something very not common. Enough. But here's what I did. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. So I surrender. You got you will never. You will never call him out for whatever he says or whatever he does. You are choosing pragmatism over principle. That's not true. And I should know this because listen to what listen to what Ronna McDaniel told me last night. I should have learned this lesson already. Here, she gave me the answer last night. Here, I go to church for my moral leadership. I look at politicians based on are you in line with my issues? You can be the nicest, most moral person in the world. I don't want you to be the president because I want you to make I want to make sure that you're aligned with you my want policies. Me to be able to- the, the party of character counts, the party of Reagan, the party of Lincoln. No more. Forget about the moral leadership. That's not what we're about anymore. That's ridiculous. And that's because I'm sorry, is Trump. there a question lurking in there, there or are is. you pontificating? No, no. Because you invited me on here to answer questions. Oh, no. I, well, that would be a blessing. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, but look, Christopher, you don't want to cover the issues, but you don't want to cover the economy. And you want to you duck what's obvious and right in front of your face. The head of your trade. party just said, we're not looking for moral leadership in our leaders anymore. This is the era of Trump. Let's that get it done. She said. Pragmatism. She it's was exactly answering a specific said. question. I watched the entire interview mm, and she too. was fantastic. And I'm so proud I'm of Ronald McDaniel for leading this I think this she was really honest. She is an invested... She has invested more in the ground game, in the technology. She's Good. raised more money. She is aligned with the types of voters. She's the one who helped us and mightily she just said, in if Michigan you want morality, last time. Go she didn't to tell Hillary Clinton not to go there. She just said, if you want morality no, and leadership, she, go to church. She was answering a question. Oh, where, where exactly should we go? 
for morality and leadership? Should we go to the field of the 2020 Democrats? Should we go to Elizabeth Warren, who's appropriating somebody else's How about ethnicity the Oval Office? for decades to get academic How about advantage? The Oval Office? Should we go to Joe Biden, who says, I want to punch out Donald Trump behind How about the, the building? Oval Office? Where should we go from our leadership? How about Hillary the Oval Clinton, Office? who is a proven <laughs> liar, Tell me we should go to the Oval Office. ambitious. Where should, where should we go? Tell me we should go to the I Oval see, Office. I see, yeah, I'm telling you right now, you can go to the Oval Office. And, and what are we going to find there? there? Because you, you were what? with the president recently. Yeah, I know. You were with the president recently. How come you didn't have the guts to tell him to his face? How come you just ask some fluffy, stuffy First questions? First of all, I'm of him always respectful. From him? I'll tell you what, the tone would change if he something. talked to me the way he this talks president, about me. But when we're face to face, he's a different person, leading, which shows how intentional his rhetoric this is. This president, no, he's a great person. He's a great person. And more importantly, this, what he's doing for this economy, this economy is the envy of the world. He is putting our trade po policies back in balance. He's renegotiating trade with Mexico, with Canada, with Korea, Why can't he do with South that Korea, with and China now. Be a good person. Why is that not important to you? Why can't he do that and be decent? Not, he is a good person. When you say... You just, you just want to throw these, be, these words out he, there. Kelly hey, guess Ann. what? He's Kelly the Ann, best, I get that. Guess get what? That. He's the best boss I've ever had. Good for you. So He's has the best he, boss I so ever had. Well, you've been your own boss for he, most of your life, as I recall. You haven't had a boss in a I very long time. I've had a lot of clients time. over the years. Let me tell you something. No, <laughs> well, that's listen, not true. He, Kellyanne, he, uh, you can't well, call listen, out Well, listen, I'm going to be the boss tonight because I'm not going to let you get says. away with saying just, just, no, I'm not going to let you get away with just hurling scurrilous, There's nothing scurrilous. defamatory, it's a quote. derogatory even gave words him the benefit about of the president. When you have a, excuse me, you have a colleague at CNN, Paul Begala, who referred to the president's children, as daughter and son-in-law, who are also presidential senior advisors, mm -hmm. as cockroaches. It's disgusting that you have to repeat it. You have people I don't like that on your network, paid people in your network. I don't like that kind me, of talk. Excuse me, who are there? Well, the president called me a chained it, lunatic. Where am I going to go from our leadership, CNN? No, you own it the because you have people paid your network lunatic. on your network nice? and on other networks. So you uh, just ignore uh, it. I knew this had to be you, about you. You but just listen. ignore it. You just I'm ignore not ignoring everything it, but that, that was, he says. It was a long time ago we talked about it. Oh. Hey, Chris, if you don't, if you just okay. want to interrupt me, okay, if that's then. how you get the, the no, ratings No, of course I'm going to interrupt listen, you. This is you very can't important. Just, you go to the mothership somebody, for that. Here, you have to be held to account. You have people on your network you pretending. You have, you have people pretending on your, on, the, on your network and who are paid by your network and appear on other networks that there's a body double for the first lady. When are you going to clear out the kooks at CNN? What are you talking about? I mean, where, where do we go this from is our like, leadership This is kooky there? talk. No, they shouldn't say that. This is kooky do you talk. Think there's a, do you think there is there's no a, CNN think there's a story the about lady? body doubles? We don't talk Answer about me. that. That's not a narrative for us here. You have some, a, this started have some this analysts who talk about just, it elsewhere. Just for those who haven't pulled their hair out yet. This started with, don't you think he shouldn't have said, right. I have the tough don't people? Don't have her on anymore. Yeah, and I do. Why? Because Excuse the White House deserves a voice and the case well, deserves to be what? made. But you don't make it easy no. for me to defend you when you don't answer tough. any of the questions. Uh -uh. Here's what he means by tough. Here's, yes. yes, I did. I answered all your questions, but you're talking mm. over me because you're very impolite when I'm on. You don't do that to other people. We've done a quantitative analysis. That's not true. Analysis. I do it to everybody. But anyway, <laughs> I do it to everybody. Uh, you don't interrupt Go people. Ahead. You sit there with that look on your face. Go ahead. And you let don't them answer. Don't make fun of my face. Why don't you answer put the that question. Look on your face and let don't me make answer. fun of my I'm face. I'm not making answer fun the of your question. face. You have a, your face is fine. Face is not my problem. I'm not making fun of your face the way your viewers make fun of mine. Never. Answer your question. This is what God gave me. It's all mine. So here's the deal. When he says tough. We do believe in the Trump administration. The military are tough. Our veterans are tough. The first responders are tough. In fact, because of this president's leadership, moral and otherwise, our first responders, our military, our veterans 
are better leadership. resourced and more deeply respected. And that includes the men That's and women at the, at, the custom, at the Border Patrol, at, at the border, who are doing their jobs, record seizures of meant. drugs, you pretending, you and others pretending there's not a says, national emergency. Carry them out on a stretcher, no, beat them up, it. I'll pay your legal bills. It's all an extension oh, of the same the stuff. It's just not presidential. I just think he should be better. nostalgic for it. Now, I don't want any of your... I just think he should be better. But hold on. I don't want you reading... I don't want to run out of time on this yammer. He is better. He's better than the way you describe him. I want to ask you... You wasted the time on this topic. Well, it matters. No, the topic matters, but we're not going to get real purchase on it, so let's move on. The the vote today... He's great, and he goes abroad and gets a hero's welcome at the the multilateral summit. Then then uh, he should be in a better mood, and he should speak with more respect, and he should be more decent and more presidential. He's in a great mood. That's my advice. So, How is he not in a bad mood? You well, read all that stuff I'm about sure he's people not happy who don't about know the who have been kicked out of the White House or couldn't get in there in the first place, saying the, he's fuming, he's the throwing emer- things. The emergency declaration that? vote, what does that mean? Does it mean that this party has drawn a line, that there are still principles that are going to come before just a straight party vote? No, it means that this president declared a national emergency because he has the absolute authority to do so. The act has been around since 1976. Mm -hmm. And this president allowed Congress and the courts, waited for them to do their job. They fell down on the job. They Mm -hmm. didn't do their job. They didn't get the money for the the steel slap barriers, the wall, the border security. And he turned around after exhausting all other possibilities, Christopher, and he declared a national emergency. Now, 12 Republicans have decided that we don't have a national emergency at the border. They've decided that 300 heroin deaths a week they say no, this is the is, wrong is Some of them way are saying there's a constitutional crisis. No. Yeah, because no, this, this is no, no, a no. usurpation they, of power. They're saying there's a constitutional crisis. Because it's a usurpation of power. We see a national security crisis. No, it's not. We see, well, then change the act. Why doesn't Congress change its own laws? But he Why admitted himself it's that? not an emergency. Why would he use an emergency law no, when he says it's not a, an emergency? Let me ask you a question. Please. It is an emergency, and you know it. No, I do not. Cherry know picking one comment here or there, and I'm going to start doing that at CNN, which would be tons you have of been fun, doing given it. what is said there. Go ahead. In a given Just week. say what you want well, to say. No, we could do it more. What's I got your lots question? of got lots I know, of I know you do. It. They're all this distractions. Go ahead. Well, good. Well, do you no, have a question, or do you not have a question? Yay. Uh, sure, I'll be I'll be happy to ask the questions. Do you think it's an emergency when you've got 76,000 apprehensions of illegal aliens at the border in just February alone? Do you think it's an emergency when girls the ages of my daughters and your daughters are being pumped up with birth control and then given pregnancy tests starting at the age of 9 and 10? I have a 9 and 11-year-old. This that, is you don't I think, think it's an emergency you have come up that these with kids a solution that have to does do that. not address the crisis. The no, crisis problem, right? of children coming with their families, or, of girls who are abused on the way here. No, they're we not are all, not a wall you away from fixing them. Children and you now have a dozen Republicans hey, who say just that. And, tw- and eight out of the 12 voted for $5 billion children for barriers. You heard what I just said? Eight out of the, tw- no. eight out of the 12 they're, voted for $5 billion in funding. It's not about whether or not to build barriers. It's about how to do it. And instead of running around the Constitution and the meaning of this law... You do it through Congress, which oh, is yeah, still Republican-led in the right, Senate. Right, because your party has so much respect for the Constitution, right? We have so much respect for the Constitution on the Democratic side. Wow, that is really something. When that bothered you with Obama, you said he can't do it. But now you do the same thing with the emergency declaration, what and you expect the party to walk in step. What bothered me with Obama? What bothered me with, with President Obama is what the Washington said that DACA Post was a usurpation in a big story of power. yesterday. 
The, the Republicans I'll tell you what bothered me with President Obama. This has a lot no, to do with the topic at hand and why we're in a current the emergency. Oh, no, no, no. The There's a big article yesterday, investigative report, called The Fentanyl patient. Failure. It talks about how President Obama ignored the fentanyl crisis as it was just escalating out of control. The Republican Thousands Party of saw totally ignored as a it. Washington Post of all places. Power. Check it out, everybody. The Republican no, Party said that, that DACA was a be... usurpation of power. No, this is an analogy of what's going on right now. No, President Obama president said he knew it wouldn't stand. President Obama said it wouldn't stand. But they you aren't. remember that, right? And that's my question, is whether remember or not that? you're president worried Obama said, that these votes over the last couple of days are the beginning of a trend. I'm not, and here's why. Because just yesterday, those same Republican senators... Uh, unanimously voted to confirm Naomi Rao, the new justice on the D.C. Circuit who took Brett Kavanaugh's old seat because he's now a Supreme Court justice. Yay! Withstood all the haters and the liars. But what does that have uh, to so do with what I just asked? Th- they voted. They all voted for her yesterday. They're going to continue but to vote because for they agreed with the nomination. I'm saying we're seeing them now vote well, differently again, than the president wants them to when they don't agree. They had one been resolution. Doing that. Hey, the president said yesterday, the press pool was in there, Christopher. The president said yesterday, president said yesterday, vote however you want. Do whatever you have to do. I watched him do a meeting with senators. And one of the senators in that room who did vote against the president today never said a word yesterday. It's very funny the way that goes. Um, but they're afraid. He's a vindictive guy who comes after you in primaries. They're really tough on Twitter. And he'll say ugly things about you and your family. And in private. That's why. No, he doesn't. That's just sure not he does. true. He does all the time. No, he doesn't. That's he says ugly true. things about people in their you family are, all he, the time, even if they were some of his most loyal and closest he, people. He'll turn on you like that. He's they always, know that. He's always, helping, he's always helping Americans, and Americans know that. Look at this. This economy is booming. The growth numbers, the unemployment numbers. You can roll your eyes because maybe it doesn't affect you, but it, it affects, affects most people. It affects me. And they're me. very happy that this president's economy is there. They don't want to hear... Medicare for all, which means choices for none, less Medicare for seniors. They don't want to hear this nonsense. They don't believe free college, free housing, free free everything, free money. People don't believe that that's true. Now we've got Beto in there if today. If you are worried who, about what people believe and don't, people, you have a candidate who has the lowest No, I don't have rating. a candidate. I work for the president of the United States. Well, but he's going to be a candidate, right? Don't tell me he's not running. He's going to run, right? He's the president. Of okay, course good. he's running. So he's running you will for have re-election. a candidate who is. has the worst ratings for truth telling that we have ever seen recorded. My president. No, he'll be the president the then, and he's the president now. Truth rating. And he'll ever. be, and he'll be, and and he'll be the president. So I got, I have a question for you since Final you asked me to ask the question. I'll give you the last question. How does the Democratic Party, how is the Democratic Party tonight as we sit here? have a woman running for president who lied about her ethnicity mm. for decades to get academic gain amidst the worst academic cheating scandal in the nation's history. How do we have, I, I don't understand how we have a party that says anti-Semitism, can't just, can't just announce anti-Semitism. How do we have a party that has just over the bridge here in Virginia remains um, an allegedly racist Democratic yeah. governor? A lieutenant governor who's been accused of rape by not one but two men. By the Brett Kavanaugh standard, he'd be run out of town. All I know is this. Do you think that's moral leadership? Here's the answer to the question. Do you think they're people of character? Here's the answer to the question. Are they people of character? I I think that there are people of character character involved on both sides. I just think that your character is only as good as you show it. And this president has set a new standard in politics, which is that you can lie your butt off and it's okay. And that is a no, dangerous thing. No, excuse standard. me. He's leading and you just want to say that. And then you want to invite no. different supporters of the president. I you want to invite people on from the White House and then it. show them 
Tremendous disrespect. Not at all. So we've got the Beto saying. The respect isn't having you on. We got Beto saying at the El Paso, at El Paso, he's saying tear down that wall because one of the most dangerous cities is on the other side. Tear down that wall. Do you really think people hear hit Beto O'Rourke? say tear down that wall and they hear Ronald Reagan telling Gorbachev to tear down that wall. It's maybe, laughable. Maybe they'll this hear the it the same Democratic way they do party. with the president where he says it, but he means something completely we've got, else. We've got likely Democratic voters in Iowa saying their top two choices to, to equal 53% of the vote right now mm. are Biden and Bernie. And boy, must that, that must rankle the party that's trying to put forward uh, a woman of color, a man of color, Well, we'll see. Other we'll women. see who they pick. It's uh, very early. One of them's not these, even in the race. Yeah. So we'll see. Kellyanne, really? thank you. I appreciate oh, yeah. you taking the That's opportunity. That's why he's popular. You're welcome. We'll, we'll see. Everybody's Thanks. popular until they get in. Take care. Kellyanne Conway, thank you for being here. All right. The GOP is soul-searching. That's my suggestion. The Democrats are, too. Kellyanne's about, right about that. So what is the GOP going to wind up on? The Democrats have to figure it out. They've got to go through a primary. For the GOP, it's trickier. Conservative principles or pragmatism because of fear of the president's pull. We're going to look at the facts on both sides of that equation. And Beto O'Rourke is in the news. He's in the party, and it didn't take long for the president and his counselor to pounce. Is O'Rourke the one that Trump fears the most? Let's take it up next. Start here. Take a listen to RNC chair Ronna McDaniel. I go to church for my moral leadership. I look at politicians based on, are you in line with my issues? Are you going to cut taxes? Are you going to deregulate? Are you going to do you the things that the align with me? You do think the is a moral leader for this country? I absolutely think he's a moral leader. So I'm you just, just but said I'm you saying, don't look at politicians it's for moral different. leadership. I look, at him more, I look at all my po- political leaders more in line of, how do you line up with my policies? This is new and the new predicament for the GOP. The true Trump derangement syndrome. The party is battling whether to abandon long-held principles in order to maintain power. It explains why the vice president, Mike Pence, is so quiet these days. With Clinton's transgressions, he said this, the very idea that we ought to have at or less than the same moral demands placed on the chief executive that we place on our next door neighbor is ludicrous and dangerous. But no more, not about this president. And remember when Ronald Reagan said this? The truth is, politics and morality are inseparable. George H.W. Bush, as president, said this. America is never wholly herself unless she is engaged in high moral principle. That was the GOP then. Now it's about pragmatism, and the shift isn't just about talk. The line this party decides to walk, that's the real issue. The party that bashed President Obama over DACA, screaming about his end run around the separation of powers, now only a handful call out an equal or greater power play by this president. Now, to be fair, a dozen Republicans did vote against Trump's emergency declaration. But many who attacked DACA did not. Some like Senator Tom Tillis, who wrote an op-ed saying he would vote against the emergency, flipped his vote on the declaration disapproval resolution, wound up voting against the measure. In the op-ed published a little over two weeks ago, he wrote, although Trump certainly has legitimate grievances over congressional Democrats' obstruction of border security funding, his national emergency declaration on February 15 was not the right answer. Why did he change his mind? New position of principle? Nope. Same reason Pence is quiet. And the head of the party threw away the moral high ground. Fear. A North Carolina GOP official says Tillis was getting hit hard in the state over his initial embrace of the Democratic resolution rebuking Trump. So party over principle. The struggle is real. But the good news for real conservatives is that there is a struggle. 
you did have 12 Republican senators resist something that they knew is not right and will more than likely force the president into his first veto. But the real question is whether enough Republicans can still muster enough belief in principle to override that veto. Faith in principle or fear of POTUS? Which will win? Party of principles. It's going to be a big theory or a big issue for both parties. Beto or Biden or Harris or Sanders. What is the best position for the left and the right on these two situations? Great debate next. Today brought a rebuke in the Senate for the president and the entrance of a Beto for the Democrats. What does each mean for left and right? That's our starting point for the great debate. Christine Quinn and Scott Jennings. Uh, Let's start on the Democrats. Christine Quinn. So what does Beto mean? Is he Beto than Biden and Bernie? (laughs) That wasn't even funny, though. Just to group the men. Yeah, Yeah. you laugh. So that's it. I win. Go ahead. (laughs) Totally. Look, I think Beto getting into the race is a further reflection of what a terrific bench we have in the Democratic Party, how deep our leadership is, the diversity of voices who want to be part of this conversation. And I think that's a really good thing. Now, who's going to rise to the top tier and then the top? That's yet to, yet to be determined. But this is true democracy in a small d and true Democratic Party in a big d. The more voices, the better. All right. Am I fair to pick up on this uh, question of whether or not a white male, Christine, has a place at the top of the ticket in your party right now? You know, look, I think the best candidate has a place at the top of our ticket, the one who can win. The most important thing is to beat President Trump, make sure he doesn't get reelected. I think our candidates show how deep the party is committed to diversity and how diverse our strength is and our leadership is. So I have, you know, full belief that we're going to get most diversity in this race and in the ticket. But we need to win. That is critical. Uh, Scott, is the president worried about Beto? Is that why he had that lame early attack on him today? He hasn't gotten his material together yet, but he showed the intent. Yeah, I I don't think they're worried about anybody yet because it's far too early to see who's going to actually win this primary. I mean, as far as diversity goes, by the way, the three front runners, Sanders, Beto and Biden are all white guys. I mean, it's (laughs) the the, the people leading this primary are not diverse at all, even though there are some diverse candidates in it. A lot of it's name recognition. I I I presume what's going to happen is to any of these people, they're going to have to drift and gravitate farther and farther left to even have a chance to win this primary. So it doesn't really matter who they are today. It only matters who they are at the end of this process and who they are at the end of the process will be left wing socialists. That's how the president's going to paint them. And that's how the Democratic activists are going to expect. Well, I agree them to with perform. the first part. That is so we're how you have guys a, that's how it's going to set up. That will be the cudgel for you guys. Christine Quinn's got the sour look on her face. Yeah, I do. You say no I way. Do. I Why? Do. Make the case. First, they're not going to. First of all, that there is a an integrity that exists in the Democratic Party. And these candidates are running as who they are based on their record. They have progressive records as progressive Democrats. They don't have records as socialists. And these candidates are not going to do some 180 or 360 and change who they are and what they believe in. That's simply not how our primary works and not what Democrats are about. And none of them have to, because they all have incredibly strong records on core. What is Beto's record? What, what name, name, get, tell me Beto's record. What is Beto's record of accomplishment in his personal life, in his professional life or in Congress? Name one. 
Well, I'm not so abreast on his personal life, nor should I be, so I'm not oh, going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, because there is not. Look, the, the reality he is. He has a personal there no life. There is. No, that's ridiculous. Zero. He is an accomplished <laughs> former member of Congress. He ran one of the best Senate campaigns in history almost taking out a long-entrenched incumbent. He's someone who has galvanized crowds and enthusiasm and young people like we have never seen before. You want to talk about somebody who had no credentials to be president before the election? Hello, he's tragically sitting in the White House right now, and his name is Donald Trump. Yeah, except now he is president. Now he is, I was going to say, look, Scott Jennings, well, you know, none of you guys were touting Trump's credentials when he was just a candidate, but now he's a sitting president, and that comes with a big stick, uh, Christine. So the question is, who do you have that's going to take him out? And look, it is early, obviously. We'll see how it develops. And the primary will really, in large part, answer that question. And look, and they always push people to the side. It's one of the reasons that this president is where he is, is because of the way that party shifted. So now there's a new battle for the soul. We've seen it in these votes the last few days, and we saw it in what Rona McDaniel said on this show. I've never heard anything like that from anybody at the top of the RNC before, where she dismissed morality as part of a political scorecard. You know, I go to church for that, Scott. Yeah. I go to church for that. I, don't, I go to my politicians for you know, their positions. That pragmatism has not been present in your party today. Does that win out? Is that the new soul of the party that whatever gets it done, baby, just win? Well, I think what you're seeing Republicans do is reacting to what they thought was eight years under Barack Obama of a complete disrespect of their conservative values. Certainly Christian conservatives felt that way. And no, I don't believe they hold Donald Trump up to be a moral figure. They don't hold him up to be a perfect Christian. They didn't hire him necessarily to sing in the church choir. They hired him to push back on the extreme left in this country as they saw it that took this country so far culturally to the left that it was almost unrecognizable to them. They lived through John McCain, Mitt Romney, and other Republican leaders who were honorable people and who did things very, very well in their personal and their uh, professional lives. But as they saw it, they did not have the intestinal fortitude to take on the, the extreme left in the media that was pushing this country so far to the fringe. That's what Trump delivered for them. They don't look to him, in my opinion, to be a Christian leader. They look to him to respect their Christian values, which is not what they were getting under the previous you know, administration. Listen, I, I got to tell you, you're shaking your head no, Christine. I believe everything he just said. They hired a hitman. Oh, I agree with what he said. They didn't see him as the antidote. They saw him as a poison to the system. The question then on your side of the ball is, whom do you have that could go toe-to-toe with a guy whose party is happy to watch him fight dirty. Look, I, I don't disagree with what Scott said about the deal that was made, but let's no, make, make no mistake about it. It's the height of hypocrisy. And that's the, politics. And, it's the height of hypocrisy. That's the way it's going to be fought, and you're going to have to have a street You know fighter. what? I don't believe hypocrisy is or has to be part of politics, and the far religious right made a deal with the devil. That's the facts. What I was shaking my head about is I think it's really unfortunate that those types of deals were made. Now, look, we are going to have a a Democratic primary here. Clearly, that's going to be robust and active. And I agree, we have to come out with the best candidate to beat Donald Trump, because that's our mission, to beat Donald Trump. Who that's going to be, a good multi-multi-candidate field is actually going to help us, because we need Mm. somebody up against Donald Trump. He is a great campaigner. That's a fact. And he's tough as nails as a campaigner. And we need a candidate who's going to be just as good. And the primary is going to help us see who that person is. I think the biggest challenge is for the media, because I think it's going to be a circus. I think it's going to be the worst thing I've ever covered. And it's going to be so tempting for the media to play to the new lows. 
And we're going to have to find a way to thread it through for people so that they don't lose all hope in all of you, because that's what I'm worried about is where we're headed. Christine Quinn, Scott Jennings, appreciate you making the case here on Cuomo Primetime. Absolutely. The plane story, not letting it go, because we know it doesn't make sense, the timing of what happened. We know we have to keep digging, and we are, and there's new reporting. The biggest fear is that this Ethiopia crash was a repeat problem, right? So now we have some of the pilots' final words coming to light in a new report. They tell us things, and we have new data that compares the two flights, and you're going to want to see it. All right, breaking tonight, new details about the final moments in the cockpit of that doomed jetliner in Ethiopia. The New York Times reports radio messages reveal the pilots relayed to air traffic control problems less than one minute into the flight. Less than one minute into the flight, they told the air traffic controllers, we have trouble. Controllers apparently observed the plane going up and down by hundreds of feet at an unusually fast speed. Panic could be heard in the captain's voice as he said, break, break, request back to home, request vector for landing. That was three minutes into the flight. All contact was lost two minutes later. Now, I'm giving you time cues because I want you to look at this graph. It shows how the Ethiopian Airlines flight followed the same erratic pattern to my eye as the Lion Air jet, okay? And we have bracketed the relevant time section, okay? Because, yes, in the beginning, it's different. You see an angle of ascent uh, on the top graph that is different than the one on the bottom. But do you see in that same interval in, there's a precipitous drop, okay? And then you see a flagging pattern, and we we all know what happened after that. So this is what has alarmed investigators the most as they wait for data from the black boxes. I want to bring in CNN aviation analyst Miles O'Brien. Always a pleasure. Good to see you. It's good to have you on the new show. So keep that graph up. Um, Am I getting this wrong that those similar segments and drops are worth being worried about. Absolutely. You have this entirely correct. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to be an aviation person. You don't have to be a pilot. You look at those graphs and you see something very similar is going on here. What, what you have is an aircraft that is fighting against its own crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, an aircraft that is programmed to correct the incorrect actions of the crew, but for whatever reason, because of bad data coming from a sensor or some faulty software, uh, is doing the wrong thing, and the crew, you know, doing its best to pull back on that uh, yoke, that that wheel, ninety pounds of pressure to try to get uh, to overcome it, trying to fight this thing. Now, it, one thing you can do is disconnect the system, uh, but when you're in a, a struggle like that, you're just trying to keep the thing from the stability is a huge factor. You may not have the time to do what you need to do. And so, you know, this is so hauntingly parallel that it, it makes me think about that Lion Air uh, incident. Now, at that time, Boeing and the FAA said, we have potentially a problem with the software. We need to fix it. FAA said, OK, well, we'll fly the airplanes. Let's, we'll do this by April. Well, they identified a fleet-wide problem that could be catastrophic and could lead to deaths, and they didn't ground the planes at that point. You could make an argument that that was the time to ground the planes and fix it. And I've been asking this question. This is great to have you. I'm so I'm not happy about any of this, but this is good. My suspicion is that if you knew you needed a software upgrade 
as soon as that Lion Air jet went down, essentially, mm -hmm. you must have known something before about the Lion, about this plane, for you to immediately know we well, have to do this. There were a series of reports out there uh, that didn't lead to crashes. There's an anonymous reporting system mm -hmm. uh, that's actually run by NASA, and that's purposeful so that pilots feel comfortable reporting and realizing the FAA is not going to lower the boom on them. And there were several incidents of autopilot um, problems where the aircraft did just that. So there, there's a recurring pattern here. Put it this way. Imagine if the Lion Air crash was an engine falling off or a wing falling off or some mechanical hardware thing. That plane would have been grounded pretty quickly, yeah. right? But it was software. And increasingly, we were relying on software to control our aircraft. And perhaps, just perhaps, there's not a recognition of how important it is to fix the software, too. You know, do it by April. Well, you it's, sound like the president. Are you saying planes need less technology? <laughs> Albert Einstein is your pilot, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, listen, I'll take an Einstein as a pilot. <laughs> yes, I, I, I was going to say. Know, I, I, I like smart guys. I like smart guys. Um, it's, not about not, it's not about having too much technology. It's about making sure the technology works and that the people who are flying the planes know how to work with it. It's, the key is being in the loop. Right. Automated aircraft are safer. However, when the automation fails, the pilot needs to know what's going right. on. And they are frequently, for lack of training, for lack of knowledge of the system, this system was not well explained to the pilots at all. They don't know what's going on. It's a black box to them. And that's very dangerous. If the system works, it's great. But when it goes south, these pilots have to be on their toes and on their toes quickly. Now, here's my new question. When did the FAA know about the similarity between these two flight well, graphs. Well, I'll be honest with you. I look at those graphs. We knew that information pretty much the day of, that, that those flight tracks, a little more rudimentary, not quite as detailed, came out right away. So the timing is very suspect. If Miles O'Brien's working at the FAA, I, I'd say, or even at Boeing, and you see that graph, I, doesn't something in you say, oh, my God, this happened again? Got to ground them. Got to ground them. And so why didn't they? You know, there's all kinds of speculation here. It's probably for the same reason that the Ethiopians sent their black boxes to mm -hmm. France, not the United States. There is a perception that, that a U.S. company, Boeing, the biggest exporter in this nation, gets favorable treatment, um, politically and otherwise. That's the suggestion. I can't say that's what happened in this case, uh, but I don't, do know that the FAA has a long history of being very close to the industry it regulates. Now, this is one of those cases where we cannot fatigue. We have to stay and see what they do with the planes now that they're on the ground and what they can assure when they put them back in the air. And I know that's going to be squishy. It's going to well, be Well, and it's software, and you've got to make sure it works, right? right? First, do no harm, right? That's right. Miles. Right. Pleasure. Thank you so right. much. Please, I'm going to call on you for this. Anytime. I need the best. Anytime. Thank you very much. All right. So back to politics. Do you think that the left is going to still feel the burn or have they found someone? Wait for it. Beto. Is O'Rourke the answer? There's a lot of hype. You know who likes to talk about hype? D. Lemon. We bring him in next. Born to be in it. That's how Beto O'Rourke framed his 2020 run to Vanity Fair. But for a man running in the most diverse Democratic primary field in history, how will he set himself apart? Here's his answer. I'm just going to be me, you know. I'm, I'm going to um, run for everyone, run with everyone, listen to everybody, uh, try to answer every question. But at this very divided moment in our country, um, people want to come together. D. Lemon. Come on in on this. Uh, first of all, I'm asking this question. People on the left don't like that I'm saying it. But there does seem to be momentum in that party that they are about diversity and youth now and that they may not be ready or 
ready. They may not be open to another white male. I mean, mm. Is that an unfair question? Um, no, that's not an unfair question. And um, I, listen, I don't think any question is unfair, as long as you can explain uh, the rationale behind it. Before I answer, I was just going to say we're going to talk about that. Bakari Sellers, Neera Tandon, we're going to discuss, uh, it, does he, is he... Can he garner the support of African-Americans in this race? Because that is a huge voting block. It makes a difference, especially black women have made a difference in many elections, as we've seen since 2016 across this country. And um, so we're going to talk about that. But um, I think it's I think it's a fair question. And I also think it's a fair question about uh, policy about his policies, right? Because that's where the rubber meets the road. Now, I'm just going to say, so he spoke in Iowa today, and this is a criticism that he doesn't really, he didn't really give any policies, that he doesn't really have a platform. That's a criticism. I, you know, how much of a platform did Trump or does anybody have at this point in, in an election? How much, how much did he have or how much does any candidate have at this point? Here's what he said as he's speaking now. He says, we have the single greatest mechanism to call forth the genius of our fellow human beings. This democracy can bring the engineer, ingenuity, the creativity, the resolve of an entire country. Look. <laughs> sounds great. good. Yeah, sounds great. I've heard but it before. What is that, what, but what you does know? that mean? And when Barack Obama said it, People hit him with the stick of, but what has he done? What has and he I done? think that what we're going to see here, you know, with all due respect to my brothers and sisters in the media, you know, they love to love people up and then they tear them down. And Beto O'Rourke has gotten a lot of love from the media. He's a but, media darling. But and now he's going to get scrutiny. And tonight, you know, the Republican came out of the box in the great debate, said, hey, wait a minute. Well, yeah. What has this guy ever done? Remind me. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it was a little bit of a struggle. Right. Uh, uh, for the Democrat to say, well, it's early. We don't really know him. Yeah, I think it's going to be a problem that's going to be early and often for him. But I say rightfully so. And if he has, if he has his wits about him, he will he will take on uh, that challenge mm -hmm. and those questions. Sure. He will welcome them. And and if any and I'm speaking to all of the folks who are running, if they are smart, they will take a page from the Trump playbook and. When when folks call you and say, will you do an interview? And says, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm just do I, I got to do, do it. Own the media. And they're already the not doing it. They're yeah, already picking all the favorites. Stupid. Getting the blessing stupid, of the high pundits of the left. Stupid, making a mistake. Stupid. Mr. Trump, will you do an interview with me tomorrow? Sure, Don. What time do you want me to call? Right? Or can you come in? No, I can't come in. I can call. I'd like to come to Trump Tower. All right, well, I'll get Rona to work on it or whatever. And guess what? Who's sitting in the Oval Office right now? Yeah, it, look, it was definitely part of it. People will say, oh, no, you gave him too much attention. He took the opportunities that were given. We offered the Clinton campaign the same ones by phone. They Don't wouldn't blame take... him for saying yes mm. when other people said no. And if you think about it on, on this program, the things that he said, he came on blood coming out of her eyes, blood mm. coming out of her wherever. That was on this show. Who's doing the raping, Don? That was on this show. Are you racist? Are you bigoted? That was from an interview with it. And you know what? He took those challenges and instead of folding and saying, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry, he capitalized on it and said, yeah, you know what okay. I meant by that. And he wasn't afraid of it. They should do the same thing. Take a lesson from the Trump playbook, Democrats. Take the opportunities. Make them what you want them yep. to be. All right, bud. I'll talk to you in a little bit. See you in a bit. All right. President Trump. Likes to talk tough. Kellyanne didn't want to deal with it. I understand why. But we have to, okay? It's not enough to just call other people names when they're asking you about the names that he called people. What he's doing is symptomatic of what he wants us to be. We have to see it for what it is. That's the job. My argument is next.
imagine for a moment if I said something like this. You know, Trump supporters, they play rough, threaten my life, bother me at home, scare my kids. But, you know, I have the support of my local police and the military and some biker friends. I have the tough people, but they don't play it tough until they go to a certain point. And then it would be very bad, very bad. What do you think happens if I were to say that for real? At a minimum, the Trump trio at Fox would go nuts, and rightly so for a change. My boss would insist I apologize if he even let me stay on. I may be seen as way too unstable to even do this job. Well, what I just said is exactly what this president said today. And he actually does have control of the military. Now, he was talking to some right-wing fire-breathing outlet that was arguably egging him on about how ugly the left can be. But still, here's the quote. I can tell you I have the support of the police, the support of the military, the support of the bikers for Trump. I have the tough people, but they don't play it tough until they go to a certain point. And then it would be very bad, very bad. The they is the left. This is cherry picking, Kellyanne says. Maybe just a one off weak moment. Wrong. Listen to this. They're so lucky that we're peaceful. Law enforcement, military, construction workers, bikers for Trump. How about bikers for Trump? These are tough people. These are great people, but they're peaceful people. And Antifa and all, they better hope they stay that way. The argument is over. It wasn't about context. It's not about what was asked of him. He said the same damn thing before. The best his defenders can do is say, well, the left is mean and inflammatory, too. Fair is fair. No, they mean foul justifies foul. And that is pathetic. Matching tone with a mobbish fringe contingent of Antifa or some anarchists? You're the president, not the head of a right-wing extremist group. This is not okay, ever. But especially not now. The temperature is already too high. Too many of us have too much heat from this kind of talk and the reaction to this kind of talk. This president is jumping up and down on too many fault lines, and he knows it. And it seems he likes it because he keeps doing it. It is by definition in the law, reckless behavior. He knows the risk the words create, and he does it anyway. And his party is now apparently moving away from the message of character counts to being okay with a man named Donald who talks like a mafia Don in the White House. I wish he would pick his words more carefully. That's the best you'll hear. He's picking them carefully all the time. He means it all. He has repeatedly encouraged violence, and it too often sounds like the tacit approval of violence if things don't go his way, like the Mueller report, congressional investigations. Maybe, God forbid, he loses in 2020. I'm not picking on the president. I do not show him disrespect on this show or when I see him in person. I am always the same people. If anything, same person, if anything, I act in a way that shows more respect for the presidency than he does. I came up in the same place. I get that there's a time to stand and fight. That's a street standard for justice, not the standard for a president. It is good that the economy grows. It is good that wages rise and that trade favors American workers more. 
it's good if more Americans are optimistic about their future. And if that's because of the president's policies, then okay, good for him. But none of that makes this okay. Not in a president. Money is not a replacement for morality in our leadership. The scrutiny cannot be curtailed just because there are some policies that are making a positive difference in place. It doesn't make what the president says okay. His party may fear not having his favor, but we do not. We will call this out because if we don't, who will? Thank you for watching us tonight. CNN Tonight with Don Lemon starts right now. That last Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.